Pickett. She lays it off. Teresa Polaris. It's an absolute peach. Yes, driving. What a hit from Melina Rez. Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat trick. Meet him one Welcome back to Radio Dub, first show of 2022 on FNR. And Josh, the break was was okay, but it's always good to be back on air, don't you reckon? It's so good to be back. Uh, you know, we didn't take as long a break on this show as some of the other programs. We, we slipped in for an extra week after Christmas. We, we did, and it was a good show, but I always, you know, I do enjoy the continuity. Taking that break off, I was like, oh, I want to talk about the dub. The dub's been good. The dub's actually been playing games, which has been exactly. a refreshing change of pace from the A-League Women men's. are consistent is what I'm trying, what I'm getting from this. We are very consistent. <laughs> you think something to do with being female Absolutely. means that you're testing negative for we COVID understand. more often? No, no, or? we understand uh, time schedules. We, we, we like we social distance. We're just a little bit better at it. That's it's what, a bit that's more what responsible. All right. Exactly. Yeah, I'll pay that. I'll pay that. Exactly. That's why the Matilda squad, are, you know, they, they're doing what they do. They're heading to the Asian Cup. They are, Josh. We have our 26 player extended edition with uh, four train-on players competing for the last two spots. What did you make of the Matildas selections that uh, Tony G has announced? Now, Josh, as I quickly get it up to... Mm. Like, I'm almost certain I remember most of the squad, but just to refresh, yep. I, I, was, I understood the squad, but for me... I think the Matilda's biggest issue, and it has been for a really long time, is like the midfield depth and some like a level of continuity, especially when we play. So, because I feel like we don't have a lot of midfielders that help us going forward and helping us stay solid when we defend. I was a little bit disappointed with the, some of the midfield selections. That was just that was my biggest takeaway. So, who would you have liked to have seen in the mix for this squad who didn't didn't get a look in for whatever reason? Midfield wise. I- but the, the problem I have is that I, I would have loved to see Katrina go, but mm. um, obviously, for, like, she just had a baby, so... That was her call. She yeah, that was, was invited. That was, exactly, that was her call. Um, and it's nice to be asked. I would you know, have, if there's a party you can't make it to, the person yes. no, it's, it's still nice to be stuff. asked. You know? I would love... One of our favourite people on the show we love to talk about. Um, I would have loved to see Chidiak, but I understood because she hasn't played a lot, but I, I do think the number six position for mm. the Matilda squad is something that's been calling out for a player who's consistent and can play good football there and is commanding, I think we lack that, especially in this squad, and I think she would have been really a really good addition for the team. Victory have had their ups and downs, to say the least, uh, since the injury to Kayla Morrison and various sort of flow-on effects in the centre of defence and a midfield that has been quite uh, chopped and changed. So do you think Victory's performances have impacted on Chidiak's absences? Also, um, she tested positive for, for yeah. COVID. She would have been okay, you know, in time for the Asian Cup, but it's tough to come I, back I, off I think COVID f- case. And I think it's mainly because she hasn't played. Like mm. when she was in Japan, she wasn't playing consistently, right. consistently and she was played out of position. So I think it's hard for Tony Gustafsson to go, oh, I want to put you in ahead of some of these other players who have been playing consistent football. I do, but for me, I think her level is still better than what we have for whoever's going to play in that number six because it looks like it's going to be either Kyra Cooney Cross playing there or Emily mm. Van Egmond, who Kyra Cooney Cross is still learning the position and Emily Van Egmond, have, we've seen that when she does play in that position, it, it kind of limits what her best attributes are. So it, she gets a little bit exposed and it leaves the Matilda's side when they're defending as a unit very exposed and 
easy to cons- to score against at times. There's two two other options for that number six spot. Ivy Lewick, who I think will more likely see minutes at centre back, has been yeah. brought out of retirement for this tournament. What were your thoughts on that, Josh? When that when you heard that, is she going to play in twenty twenty three? No. If, and- if the answer is no, then she shouldn't be here. And this is ultimately my biggest problem with the way Tony Gustafsson is essentially managing this side. He cannot go. Like he he's he is here until the World Cup. The World Cup is his is the ultimate decider if he stays on as Matildas, uh, the the head the coach head coach for the Matildas. Or rides off into the sunset yeah. having won the tournament. Exactly. Even. So this squad is a this is a dress rehearsal ultimately for the women's World Cup. So if he if these players aren't going to play, what is the point? And if we are not going to set up a system that we are going to consistently use in the Women's World Cup, then there is no point to what we're doing. It's just you're just playing tournaments for fun at the end of the day. My opinion on his tenure so far is the performances haven't been good and the results have been few and far between. There have been yep. a few good results, a couple few of wins scraped at the... You know, a good performance, I guess, in a chaotic game against Team GB at the Olympics. One good performance in a friendly against Brazil, and that's been it for me. I haven't seen anything else that I've been pleased by. Do you think the necessity of generating some positive PR around this team heading into the World Cup means that winning the Asian Cup suddenly becomes much more urgent. But it has the bad form... So to put it another way, has the poor form of this team during his tenure so far suddenly put more pressure on winning this tournament right here, right now? Is that why we're seeing Ivy Lewick in the do lineup? You not, do you not win the tournament with some better players, Josh? <laughs> like, I don't... Well, like I, I mean, that more experienced, is, meaning that you can be trusted yeah, in a high-pressure game. for sure, game. but then... What's the, what have you been doing for your whole entire tenure? Then, if you know, if you're suddenly bringing her in, Ivy Lewick, look, oh, Josh, English Ivy language, Luick. it's hard. I don't know what happened. My tongue just like decided not to speak English there, and it just like tripped me up. But I, if you have the squad that you want, and you're in the UAE, you can you know practice a little bit before you head up to head into the Asian, um, the Asian Cup. Why can't you select the team that you actually want? Why are you just going, oh, this will be for now? And then you get this positive PR. But I don't think I don't think it's hard to generate positive PR for the Matildas. Like I just like am I mistaken in thinking the Matildas walk around with positive mm. PR constantly in the back? Or am I looking at the wrong thing? I when I'm taking care of things, when I'm fixing things, when I'm around the house, as you might have guessed. I'm not a very practical person. Okay. I'm not very good with tools. Mm-hmm. I often fix things with duct tape and I say, that's just a temporary fix. I'll get someone in. See, and you never do. No, I am so So once we get that. to the World Cup and Ivy Luke's still playing centre half uh, on in the opening game, we're going to say that was supposed to be a stopgap. But she's 37 and she's starting on home soil. I, I really think this is a, is a bad decision. I have, I'm always, I mean, will always say duct tape is not, if you're building a house, don't build it with duct tape, please. Put the duct tape away, yeah? Get some real builders in there. Get the right plumber. Get the right electrician. And this is like, get the right players and build a great foundation. Because if you build a good foundation, your house is going to be there when the storm comes. And the storm is the World Cup. And if we capitulate... The storm is coming. The storm is coming. <laughs> and if we go out in the group stages, who cares 
if you kind of did well and maybe if you didn't even win the Asian like cup I what are you talking like come on like I, these decisions don't really ever add up like I love the Matildas and I think the Matildas are capable of what better than what they're doing now but the selections don't allow them to be better some of the selections I was pleased by, Courtney Vine and Holly McNamara, two players who've lit up the A-League women so far this season as train-ons, potentially making the final cut. Um, there's a few A-League players who've been selected, but yeah. the train-ons, uh, those two players, Winona Heatley, who plays on the left of a back three for Melbourne City, and Carly Roastbacken, who can play left-back or centre-half for Canberra, who's been in and around the national team for a while now. Which of those players do you think is most likely to make an impact to firstly get selected for the tournament and make an impact so, at it? I think it's a two two on two competition. Like it's split with Courtney Vine versus Holly McNamara. Yeah. Like it's either one of those two, which really disappoints me because they're probably the two that I like the most out of those four. Yep. Um, I don't think Holly McNamara will make it in because I was looking at some of the quotes from Tony Kostavson's press conference. Reading it, between the lines. Reading between the lines. And he, he was talking about Courtney Vine as, and, and looking forward to the Asian Cup and speaking about her as if she was already in the side. So I, I feel like Holly McNamara is there to just be around the Matilda squad and build some little bit of, you know, confidence and to feel settled, like that she has more potential to be in there. But I don't think that, you know, she'll make it. But I I do love Courtney Vine. I think her, what she's been doing for Sydney this season, her performance on the weekend was amazing yet again. And um, I'd be happy to see her. I'm probably most excited to see her. I agree. I think Vine is the most likely to see minutes because it's hard to break into the team as a defender as a youngster who's not played much and uh, in substitute appearances, I think Courtney Vine, well, they're both really fast to be fair. I think they could both be impact this, substitutes. Josh, I want them both to be there. That's Josh, the problem. We, the Matilda squad has got what? Seven forwards in there. You've got Caitlin Ford, Mary Fowler, Emily Gilnick, Sam Kerr, Haley Razzo, Remy Seamson and Kai Simon. I'm slightly surprised that Seamson made it as what? a permanent pick as opposed to a train on. Really? little bit. I, I think she's been, I think she's, she's been the great. reason Sydney's been But just what you're talking about in terms of squad balance. Yeah. I'm surprised is, that she's nailed on. I'm, I would expected it, I would have expected her to be battling for the final. I think spots. that we, like, we have a lot of great forwards. Like, we're, mm. we're blessed with the forwards to pick from. But when I see these forwards and then I see the midfield, I don't see like six players that play well together. Mm. that are a system. They just seem like really great individuals. And I, I don't want to, like, seem to, like, be bashing on Tony G. Like, I, I think he's capable. He's a, he's a he's decent manager. But I don't think he knows the midfield selection and the forward selection because these players, the way I've seen them being played in the Matilda system, they don't look like they are supposed to be playing with each other. They look like individual players who pass the ball to each other occasionally. Mm. I don't think the puzzle has quite been solved. And, you know, this is a chance to do it in the group stage. You can be more experimental in the group stage of the Asian Cup because we're playing against some serious minnows. Yes, I think the the Stadge revenge match is one that you Very you have to win that. You have to win that. Otherwise, you know, the, the kind of criticism like, is coming your way. The players themselves have to – this has to be a statement. But realistically, Thailand, Indonesia, Philippines, they all have to be – pretty convincing victories i would imagine like the, the asian football has a lot of catching up to do in the women's side and um, yes japan yeah, the, and korea are very good the, it's very top heavy yeah there's only a couple yeah. of good teams in asia and this team really needs to make the final 
uh, for it to have been a successful tournament. I, you say finals. I think they have to win. Well, Japan's a good side. Japan is a fantastic side, and they Japan have a lot of tremendous if, players. If you lose to Japan in a final narrowly, there's no shame in that. And that's happened that's, before. It, exactly. But I think the Matildas need to have aspirations that are more than just the finals. They have to look and say, we need to stamp, uh, we need to make a claim that when we go to this World Cup, we're not just here because it's a home World mm. Cup. We are somebody who's we're actually... Contenders. Needs, we're contenders. But, you know. Could have been contenders. Could have been, could have been Josh. Uh, last thing I want to discuss with this squad is whether or not some of the players who are playing abroad who we don't see as often... You are a much keener observer of the WSL than I am, and some of these players play there. Some of them play in France. Some of them play in uh, the Scandinavian leagues. Uh, but whether there are some players who maybe should have had more pressure on their positions in the squad, because they seem to be about 20 or 21 nailed-on selections every Matilda squad. If they're fit, Gosh. they make it. And I wonder if this comes back to the fact that in 2019 we had this great uh, equal pay deal, which was obviously a fantastic development for the game here, but it means that about twenty players are, contra- are contracted each year as Matildas and are paid more than everybody else. It's not it doesn't work the same way in the men's. If you're selected, you get match payments. Yes, it gives these players a lot of stability in their careers, and I think that's a good thing. But also, it creates a hierarchy. Yeah. And are are there undroppable players? Have we got to that point with I the Matilda the, setup? I, it's so uh, heavily, uh, I guess, it's, it's such a hierarchy. Yeah. It's so stratified. The only person who has a certified spot just because of their place in women's football at the moment is Sam Kerr. Hmm. I think every single player should is capable of being dropped. Hmm. But a player for me who didn't make the team, Angie Beard. Josh, she's... She's quality. Like, like, how does she not make the squad? Like, uh, for me, there are some people mm-hmm. who have been selected who I am very questionable, who are questionable as to their, why they should be You're in really the squad. embroiling this spot with oh, controversy already. For no, 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 Josh, 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 Josh. I'm sure I'm she'll be saying, a lot I'm more ju- diplomatic. I'm just saying that I <laughs> think that some people haven't had a great season so far. Their teams haven't had a good Start. You can't say that about Sydney FC. No, exactly. But I'm just saying that Angie Beard, I think she should have been a comfortable lock. Yeah, the... she didn't make the team of the season in Norway. Hard done. Yeah, hard, I'm just saying. I, that's just me, Josh. I'm just, you know. But uh, uh, that's just, I don't know. The Matildas, I want to see them play in the tournament and then, you know, and then I'll make my, be like, ah. Oh. She's, she's hard done by. Yeah. Another player who you might say is hard done by is who we're going to chat to after the break. That's Jessica Nash from Sydney FC. I'm excited. That was good. That was a good tease, Josh. I like that. Little segue? I like that. Pickett, she lays it off. Teresa Polaris. It's an absolute peach. Is driving. What a hit from Melina Rez. Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick. Radio Dub here on FNR Football Nation Radio, our women's football show. Josh Parrish and Bakua Frimpong with you as always. And we're delighted to be joined now by a young defender who's been making waves, so much so that she was called up to the Matilda squad for the friendly against the USA. Jessica Nash, welcome to FNR. Hi, it's nice to be here. Uh, thank you so much for making the time to, to join us. We, we really want to talk about Sydney FC's A-League women's season to date. You lot have been dominant. What do you put it down to? Uh, I think it's a mix of things, really. 
I mean, the quality of girls across the park has to do with it. But I think the way the coaching staff go about it each week definitely helps. And I think it's just a whole mixture of things, that whole professional outlook, I think. Well, this team seems to be, I think, a little bit more balanced than some of the the competition. You've got quality in defence, you've got quality up front, but some of these players have been uh, have been pinched for the Matildas Asian Cup uh, training camp squad. How are you going to cope uh, in the absences of uh, two of your front three? Yeah, well, like you said, it's great for Remy and Courtney to get the call off, and I'm so happy for them, but... Um, like Ante said, we definitely have quality right across the park and that continues off the park. And I think we've got some incredible substitutes that we haven't really utilised yet, but them stepping out up into the Matildas will let us see these girls and their potential. We have so much quality, even on the sidelines. Like I think a few of the commentators have even said, you've got people sitting on the sidelines that you know would start in other W League clubs. And I think knowing that is what will push us across, even without those girls. Sydney, weirdly, you guys, they lost uh, some players at the end of last season. It looked like, you know, it was a relatively young squad, but you guys seem to have gelled really well. And with the likes of Remy and Courtney going into the Matilda squad, I thought that maybe you should have had a look into the Matilda squad. What was what were your thoughts um, for the Matilda squad when it came out? Were you a little disappointed? Oh, definitely. I think um, all of the girls that missed out were disappointed, especially myself. I... <laughs> put myself up at high high standards but you know what at the end of the day I think it's just going to be a setback that I'm just going to have to push forward and use like any other I think um, yeah like you said a lot of quality girls missed out but it's a good quality squad and I'm looking forward to seeing them play their matches. What do you think that you've added to your game recently that's got you you know the you did have your first cap that's got you a look in, into the Matilda squad? Um, well, we've sort of talked about my physical, like just developing because I'm so young. So I think maybe um, growing up a little bit and my body sort of developing, I think that's sort of helping with selection and everything. Now, we noticed that you're, you're quite a versatile defender. You've played kind of across the back four for, uh, for Sydney this season, most commonly at right back. Where, where do you see uh, as being your strongest position both now and going forwards into your career? Well, um, well, this year was actually my first season ever playing right back. I think it was something new that Ante sort of brought up during the season. And I think, um, yeah, I think it was a good thing for me. I really hadn't played any other position except for centre-back. And this season has really helped become like a versatile player. And I think that's something that's also added to my game. Being able to play another position always helps. And it's always uh, a bonus when you're unsure, you can just kick it up the line and give it to Courtney and let her go to work. Oh. She makes it look easy. I can tell you that. <laughs> you guys have got a really good and consistent defense, like back line. What's really made you guys gel so well and have one of the best defenses in the league? Oh, I think it's just the respect we all have for each other. I think we all know the potential and what we should be at each week. And I know that if we're walking off that field knowing that we're happy, not conceding goals that's what we're striving for week in and week out and we all know we have high standards that's what I think really made us gel I think we've all got that same standard each week that nothing's going to get past us I think that's what really made us gel same standard same values 
And it hasn't been a, a preseason and a season without challenges. I mean, Ellie Brush going down on the eve of the season with uh, another knee injury was really heartbreaking, especially considering the kind of character that she is. Uh, how has she transitioned into a off the pitch role? We heard that she might be doing a bit of coaching instead this season. Yeah, Ellie's been a part of the coaching staff now and she comes into trainings and I think even for me, I can say that she's been so useful with my um, leadership. She's been really helpful in that aspect. As a senior player, I really look up to her and value her opinion and I know that I go to her when I'm having like problems or the way I speak to players, like that's just what she's there for and she's been a really good mentor for me especially. What's it been like from the transition from Canberra to uh, Sydney? What's it been like for you? Yeah, well, I sort of um, made the move really for my schooling. Like that was a big point. But the professionalism with the Sydney FC girls and the competition, like how competitive it is for that starting 11 spot is what I love about this squad. Like you never know what the starting 11 is going to look like because we have so much quality and you know that you have to turn up to each training session, pushing yourself see, each session because you know someone's right at your tail. See, I know, school's hard as it is just like without football being a professional footballer. How do you balance those two things? Yeah, well, I attend the um, Hill Sports High School, so I go to a sports high school. They're very well, like... Um, they get all of my work for me. If I'm ever missing days off school, they always have my back no matter where like I am in the country, whether that be with Sydney or with the junior children, they've always had schoolwork ready for me and been so supportive. And I think I've been very lucky in that aspect. But yeah, schooling has been um, challenging, but I love having that balance between football and um, schooling because it keeps me grounded. See, I, one of my favourite movies growing up was Like Mike and there's a scene before in Like Mike where he has to do his homework before he's allowed to go out and play. Is that ever happened to you where they're like, Jessica, you've got to get your homework done before we can get you on the pitch? Oh, I, I would say, well, we can't play games for our school if we don't finish our school work. Like, we'll have to hand in assignments. So I'd say I'm pretty good with tending and all of that but yeah we definitely have like especially going into year 12 this year having to turn in our assignments and everything we have to do homework and we're doing it sometimes on the pitch and yeah I'd definitely say that. Year 12 and A-League at the same time I mean that's a pretty daunting proposition for uh, for most people Jessica how do you manage it thinking about it just the the stress I guess mentally because you've got uh, is football a bit of a release from year 12 for you? Oh, definitely. I say it to my mum all the time. I, As soon as I step on that pitch, nothing. Like, I don't even think about my schooling, which I love. Um, it's definitely an escape where I don't feel any pressure from schooling and it's literally what I love about the game is nothing else matters when you step on that pitch. Now, you were lucky enough to make your Matilda's debut. I say lucky, probably wasn't any luck. Luck was nothing to do do with it. But uh, a dream for any player, I'm sure. But I want to know how your classmates reacted to you representing the country. That must have been a good day at school when you went back on the Monday. Oh, yeah, it was pretty incredible. I I still don't feel like it's real at this point in time. I think that, um, yeah, it feels really surreal. So I 
don't even remember the day that much. It, was, it went by so quickly. But um, going to school that next Monday, um, full of congratulations from both the teachers and um, fellow students. But they, they see how much hard work I put in off the pitch and on the pitch, uh, attending gym and putting all that hard work also back into my schooling. See, it wasn't just a debut, Josh. It was the biggest crowd for the Matildas in Australia. So it wasn't just a little debut. We've, we've got to talk about it in the same the right level, please. What is that weird playing in front of that many people? Are you like looking around constantly for your family or are you like just like focusing on the next like the next tackle or was what are you what are you what's what are you feeling when you're in front of that many people? Well, well, it was funny because we were sort of talking about it at training and there was, like, talks of it being a record-breaking crowd and um, with the likes of, like, Kara Cooney and Courtney Nevin and they were saying that it's crazy daunting. But as soon as you step onto that pitch, like I said, nothing. Like, you can't hear anything and you just gel into the game. And I felt that straight away. I mean, as soon as I walked out for the warm-up, I could feel the crowd and it was very nerve-wracking. But as soon as we walked out of that tunnel and started singing the national anthem, it was like tunnel vision. And I knew that it was time to get to work. I think athletes have a different uh, different makeup to, to you and me. For exactly, Joe. Clearly. I, I'd be so I, distracted I feel by... like that's what we've learned doing these interviews. Like, we are clearly not capable... different species. Yeah, we're just we're not on our level. Come on. Not possible. Jessica... What is it like to play with these these rock stars who fly in from the UK, having you know scored goals in the WSL? They've they've got their Matildas contracts. They're uh, they're obviously the the big shots when they come in and uh, play national team games on home soil. I'm sure it's not quite like that when you're uh, up close and personal with them in training camp. Oh, uh, I came into that training camp being like wow, I'm going to be sitting next to like Steph Catley and Alana Kennedy and Sam Kerr. Like I, I was starstruck at first, but I couldn't speak highly enough of the group and how welcoming they were, especially Tony. But um, they were literally the nicest human beings I've ever met. They came up to you, especially Steph Catley. I mean, on my starting debut, she made sure I felt as welcome as I could and made me feel as part of the Matildas like as their family and I think that's something that maybe has changed over time but um, something that has really made the Matildas who they are. You see you're not you can't see us but when you said Steph Catley I got very hyped because I'm an Arsenal fan and I'm Steph Catley is my <laughs> is, the, is the goat okay she's the goat Matilda every time Steph Catley any, any positive Steph Catley oh. news I'm here for it <laughs> any day of the week okay. Um, yeah I, I literally can't tell you how how amazing she is as a human. Her and Alana Kennedy are incredible. I'm fan club. I'm telling you, President Fan Club, Steph Catley. I'm yeah, here. me too. I'll join that fan club. Thank you. Come on. We got this. Steph Catley propaganda on Radio <laughs> Dub yet again. I can't believe we walked into that. Uh, no, she's fantastic. Uh, tell us a little bit about your, your aspirations for the rest of the season. Obviously, Sydney FC have to be considered among the title favourites. Melbourne City looking pretty My good. My title favourites, I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> victory maybe in a bit of turmoil. Uh, and there's always upsets in this competition. Uh, what, are the, what are the expectations that the coaching staff and the group have set for the rest of the campaign? We talked about it from day dot. We know that we want to be winning the premiership and the champion, the trophy. We want to be walking away here with both silverware. And that's something that we've been working towards every day. And um, we know that turning up to training, that's what we're pushing for. And I think that's something that will, oh, I wouldn't say will get us there because 
you never know, like you said, in this league, there's going to be major upsets. Because I think, like you said, victory, they're one of the main contenders. But I think you've got players uh, from Melbourne City leaving. But there's so many different teams that are pushing up in that top four. And I literally will say that the top four will be probably the most competitive this year. So, yeah, I've seen the likes of Adelaide um, play really well and had a great weekend. What's been the toughest game you've had so far this season? Ooh. Oh, I would probably say Wanderers at the moment. Mm. So far, I think that was something that we had to dig deep for. And I know it was probably disappointing for us, like that, the, how high we hold our... Um, like for a team to draw, that felt like a loss for us. And I think that was something that speaks volumes. A draw is like a loss for us. And I think um, walking away from it, we knew we had to be better and we stepped up that next game. You know who I felt sorry for in that game was Mackenzie Hawksby, who was getting into all the right <laughs> positions and the ball just wouldn't go in. Like it was oh. ridiculous. And she took out her frustration the next game on Paul Wellington yeah. scoring a hat-trick. Yeah, so I think she's uh, got the mic off her back now. Yeah, no, definitely. I think if you're going to, if she's going to have a game like that, you know the next game there's going to be a mo- bit more fire in her. And you already know Mackenzie Hawksby, she's a, she, she literally runs our midfield. And you know, if, if she has a little bit more fire than usual, she's going to put away three. <laughs> she's actually been one of my favourite players so far this season. I feel like she's been a really great connector for, for you guys when you go forward. And some of her passes, I feel like you guys actually could have scored a lot more goals as well with some of her passing. And her crosses, her corners are very, very good. I don't know if you've seen them, Josh, but I feel like Sydney mm. are like the biggest threat when it comes to corners with Mackenzie Hawksby's uh, a good corner. I reckon they looked at the goal in the grand final last year. Well, I probably don't want to watch it again. <laughs> no, no. And thought, uh, we want some of that. And just uh, just test the keepers out. Get that's, it in the six-yard box. That's what Mackenzie Hawksby was just doing the whole weekend. She was, just, she was getting it ready. Um, for Is this season for you, Jessica, is it kind of you essentially building your resume to make it hard for Tony Gustafsson and the Matilda's coaches to say, we need to have her in the squad for the Women's World Cup? Yeah, definitely. I think this season's very vital in doing that. Um, obviously, I want to do well with Sydney, but I think um, it's just laying the foundations for that. Hopefully, the Matildas call up. I think if I can do any everything possible this season, really perform, then I yeah, I definitely want to make sure that it's hard to look past me for the Matildas. What's the one thing that you think you need to work on for you to be the player that you want to be? I think... Um, probably developing um, a bit more like my physical, but um, probably my aerial drills. I think there's um, a range of things that I need to work on, but um, yeah, I've, I've spoken to Tony and Mel and there's just a few things that I need to get under my belt to make that final step. Well, it won't be long, I'm sure. 17 years old, already playing for the national team. So uh, we wish you all the best for the rest oh, of the season. you got Josh, one more question. Josh. You got can't let them go without asking our important question. Okay, so he, here – I forgot. Come We've on. been off here a little while. We've exactly. been a break over Christmas for cool. Give me a break. Sorry, all right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> we want to we educate on this program. You know, the – the dub, as we love to call it, is is a fantastic competition with so many hidden gems, so much talent, and that doesn't get enough coverage. So, Pakur, would you like to do the yes. honors? No, Just uh, we, we 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 go to the Brains Trust every week, and we we try and find those hidden gems. So, what we what we like to know is uh, 
from Sydney and even players from outside of Sydney, who are some players that people who haven't been watching the dub for long or wanting to get into the dub should be looking out for? Ooh, good question. Um, I think maybe not the best start. I mean, person started pretty well, but um, Hannah Lowry is definitely one to look out for there in the future. Um, I know that um, there's other players around, but um, I think even from Brisbane Raw, Jamila has been really solid for them with a new bunch. There haven't been really many that came back, and I think that she's solid there. But, yeah, um, yeah those are two that have been pretty amazing for me. Good picks. Good picks. Good picks. We haven't had those come up before. Exactly. That's great. That's what we like. We like, you know, we were going to build a list at the end and we want to see how everyone's gone and I'm sure everyone will have done fantastically. I, I, I like Jamila Rankin as a good pick. She's, uh, she's another defender as well. Game recognised game. <laughs> Jessica Nash, yeah. thank you so Respect. much for joining us here on, on Radio Dove. We You've will start that Steph Catley fan club though. That's what's happening. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, yeah, Invites definitely. coming for that. But uh, until then, uh, have a fantastic rest of the season and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Jessica Nash, uh, 17-year-old defensive prodigy, right back, centre back, you name it, she'll play it. She's... I'm just, I just want to say, just like I, I don't want to like hype our show up, but I'm just saying that we always have amazing guests. That was that was good. That was good. I'm sometimes, sometimes when you interview young players and they're a bit nervous and they haven't done much media before, they they don't really give you much. They they sort of close up a bit, clam up a bit when they're on air. Not so for Jessica no, no, no. Nash. No, no, no. She, she's. Sure? Future Josh, captaincy material for Sydney. What I'm saying here is that Ailey women's players, they just know how to have a good conversation. <laughs> and we on Radio Dub, That's like, true. We, just have to, we just have to have them on. That's what I'm just saying. But speaking with that level of perspective and maturity yeah. at 17 years old... I'll be honest. That's unbelievable. At 17, I was re-watching my Gossip Girl for the third time uh, and my sentences were based on Gossip Girl quotes. So, you know, she's definitely far more advanced than I was at 17. At 17, I had a fringe in front of my right eye that I could never see out of. It was that kind of Bit time. Bit of a rock star? No, like, it, was, it was more sort of like, uh, like pop punk emo. That was the real, the culture at the time. I'm a lot older than you. This, yeah. is, uh, this is where we... How old? 35? <laughs> I kid, I kid, I kid, Josh, I kid. You know who's was just flicking their hair like a my, my soul just just I'm, died. Kid, by kid. the way, my Josh my heart just young, sank Josh when you said. Young, I knew you were joking, but it still hurt. Josh is a young t- um twenty four. <laughs> so I'm twenty four. Am I wrong? So I'm twenty seven. Josh, oh, <laughs> come on, Josh. <laughs> how am How am I on this program? Uh, well, let's take a break. We have got more to come here on Radio Dub. We'll collect ourselves on the other side. <laughs> Pickett, she lays it off, Teresa Polaris! It's an absolute peach! Is driving! What a hit from Melina Rez! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick! Back for the final time here on Radio Dub this evening on FNR Football Nation Radio. I am the old, decrepit, washed-up Joshua right, Parrish, Josh, paired with uh, <laughs> the Here Come the Future, the youth, Pakua Frimpong. It's uh, it's the kind of odd couple uh, Josh, that we, we Josh, go we roll I with apologize. here. I apologize. You know, you're Marty, I'm Doc. I, I, I apologise. The violation was, was loud. It didn't need to be that loud, but, you know... <laughs> I'm just saying, somebody set you up for a joke. You just got to... 
just yeah, got to finish it. Honestly, I was, I was, I gave you an open shot. You, you did, took it. You did. I'm, some call me a comedian, and I say, you know, I'm the funniest comedian ever. Okay, uh, <laughs> modest as well. <laughs> these these youngsters, God. <laughs> All right, let's talk dub before we go. Yes, uh, we had. Uh, a few games over the weekend, Melbourne City 4, Wellington nil, piling on the misery uh, for the Wellington Phoenix, who can't seem to have the ball long enough in the attacking third to really think about scoring a goal. It's just all about whether they can keep them out at the other end. It's kind of panning out how we predicted in preseason. Yeah. I, I, for me, I think Wellington weren't as bad as they've been in previous weeks. And I actually think they gave, at the start of the game, they gave Melbourne City, you know, a little bit of a test. And City were finding a little bit harder to score than I think they initially thought. But when they did score, you know, Wellington unfortunately just couldn't keep them out. But I, I think for Wellington this season, it's just about building some cohesion and just learning to play together in a professional environment. Because a lot of the, some of these players, this is the first professional team that they've been in. So... You know, you can't expect too much from them. And Melbourne City are a really tough team and the best team defensively in the league at the mm. moment. So They are a juggernaut at the moment, uh, resembling the, the Melbourne City sides of yore. Uh, let's talk... Ooh, wait, before we go, before we go to the next game, Josh, I just want to say that I did say that Emma Checker was going to score a goal this season when we saw her at the pro football... Is that... Ultra football. Ultra football event. I did say she was going to score a goal and I... When she did score, there was a moment of pure excitement. I did send a voice memo to Nick DeBarno that was quite energetic. So I'm very proud that, <laughs> I wish I am, we had that. that I'm a level of visionary that I can see these goals for these defenders. I'm just saying, I saw it. Poor work from Nick DeBarno, not forwarding that to me so I could <laughs> sit you up on the show. Uh, Brisbane Raw was sucker punched harder than I was before the ad break, uh, <laughs> losing 1-0 to Western Sydney, a Briley Henry penalty settling that one. 22 shots to 10, nine on target to three. They had more of the ball. They had pretty much everything going for them in this game except for the result. And that's pretty much a summary of Brisbane Raw's season, season. to date. I, I don't believe we – I think we, we were off when Brisbane versus Melbourne victory. And that was the last time I saw Brisbane play. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of discussion in the box about how Brisbane just seemed to not be very clinical and have moments of just – like just like where they brain fades and they mm. do some really strange things. Brisbane to me are just as good as a team as Adelaide, but unfortunately for Brisbane, they just don't know how to be like go forward like convincingly, and they sometimes rely a lot on Gory. And the midfield sometimes mm. seems to pass the ball around for about you know do ten passes in a row, but nothing ever happens, which is. Not how you're supposed like that. Isn't that's not going to work in football? You've got to go keep going forward. I have a theory. Go for it. I want if hear it. Brisbane Raw had like a Remy Seamson up front, yeah. they would be like fourth, yeah, instead of eighth. I they need they need a clinical they need someone. finisher who takes initiative in the final third. And I I will say though, I think that Brisbane being eighth is a is kind of is a good thing for the dub and dub and shows that it's getting better and a little bit more competitive. Yeah, deeper. It's getting a lot deeper because for me, have Brisbane, you know, like they, the first two games against Perth, specifically the first one, they definitely shouldn't have lost that game. It was just a really bad goalkeeping area that lost them the game. They could be in the same position as Adelaide and Newcastle. And I think it's strange that Western Sydney are above them because I've definitely enjoyed watching Brisbane play more. I think Brisbane are a more solid team. 
I think Western Sydney are, you know. Western Sydney are good defensively, but they're a bit boring. It's a bit of a Jose Mourinho type team, yeah. just a bit like they. Def- I've, I felt somewhat the same way about Briley Henry as I have, you know, Larissa Crummer this season, just not taking the opportunities yep. that arise. But she did score the penalty. I don't think uh, there was ever any danger of, of worth saving that. She's having a bad season, the Brisbane Raw keeper. You mentioned the mistake in the opening week. I, I don't think just her, she's having a bad season. I think the goal, I think going forward, the attacking players in the dub are really nice and mm. they have really exciting moments and some of the midfielders are great. But unfortunately for the dub, the area that really needs to improve the standard-wise is some of the goalkeeping because some of the errors that we've seen are just errors they shouldn't be making at this level, specifically if there are players who have the aspiration of potentially getting in the Matilda squad or playing in leagues outside of Australia. If they do make say, there are just simple mistakes that continually happen that I go, if you'd been in a better position to start with, you would have been fine. It just seems a little bit panic station at times with some of the goalkeepers. Yeah, it hasn't been a great season for goalkeeping. We've had a few horror moments that have sort of gone viral, which is not really what we want to see this league famous for. Uh, But... Yeah, I, I think there are goalkeepers in the NPL who could be getting more of a look in. But this does kind of worry you when, you know, Melissa Barbieri is pushing 40 and yeah. is still starting. Like, where's the depth coming through exactly. in the goalkeeping ranks in the women's? And I think that that ultimately comes down to grassroots football and mm. everybody when they want to play want to play football they want to be an outfield player I remember I was I I'm five for two but I was a goalkeeper for my team because nobody else wanted to be a goalkeeper we've got to mm. make it more enticing and and have better like training for like young girls who want to be goalkeepers because being a goalkeeper goalkeeper some may argue is the most important position on the field because if you're leaking goals I don't care how many goals you score up the front at front it's there's no point the kind of athletes who excel in AFLW also would be great dub goalkeepers. And I don't Absolutely. like to bring the cross-code comparison in too often, uh, but Bree Davey, Maybe we need Bree to Davey used them. to play for the Matildas yeah. and now she doesn't anymore. And I think the game is starting to lose goalkeeping talents yeah. to the AFL. Exactly. Uh, and football is the most played sport by young kids in the entire country. So... I want to know where, at what mm. age, we start losing them and people are going, I don't really care about football anymore. There's no real, like, goals for it. Like, A-League, w, I mean, sorry, the AFLW, it got a massive push when it started and it's in your face. Mm. I'm a, I feel like Matildas are doing great, but I want the dub to have that same limelight as the Matilda. I want it, it doesn't push- have a multi, 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 multi million dollar body pushing it and advertising it at every turn and paying for newspaper space and so forth. The AFL is really doing yeah. a lot to centre uh, the women um, and putting a lot, clear, uh, crucially, putting a lot of money behind it. And Sam Lewis did a round six wrap up, which I, I urge people to read. It was a really nice read. Um, when she spoke about how. The league is the seat. We're halfway through the season, and now teams are starting to gel. The, mm. the season is just too short, and it seems as if it's just a stopgap, mm. which is upsetting because this league has the potential to be something more than just, oh, I'm going to play in the NWSL and I'm just here for five games. And we've seen Lynn Williams mm. go. This league could be something more. I, I, the season needs to go longer, and it needs to, you know, have more funding. Yeah, we we have equal minimum pay. Pro rata, yeah. which means that 
A-League women's minimum salaries are still much more because it's such a short season. If the season could be extended, then suddenly it's a more competitive uh, league to aim for. Exactly. And I think that also plays into the goalkeeper thing, probably less of a talent drain to other codes. So these are long-term issues, but um, you know it's not going to do anything for Brisbane Raw this weekend or what have you. Uh, hopefully uh, their goalkeeper can get herself into some something approaching form. Uh, the other games across the weekend, Sydney FC 4, Perth Glory nil. I think it's just going to get interesting for Sydney now yep. without Vine and, and Seamson. That almost is a bit of a leveler for the competition. And we did say on our last show, if people remember, we spoke about how Sydney's – oh, maybe it wasn't the last show, it was the show before, but Sydney seemed to miss Remy Seamson when she they were out. So mm. I'm hoping that with the – like they play very hard a little bit more and they have a – they just play – they just – they can gel. I think they, they've, they've got the most score depth and they've got a good enough midfielders and wing players to mm. cover, you know. Hawksby scoring now as well. So if you can get goals from midfield, you won't miss exactly. Samson as much. Exactly. I, I don't think Vine is really replaceable in that team. Yeah. They're just not as good without her. Uh, but they're one of the deepest squads in the league. So yeah. I'm excited to see which, you know, least... which 16 or 17-year-old burst onto the scene for Sydney because they, they seem to have a few in reserve, as uh, Jessica Nash was hinting exactly. at earlier. I, I'm, I, you know, I have no, I have less fear about them. I, my biggest fear is for the team that we're, no, oh, we're not about to speak to just yet. Speak about just yet. I think after. I, I want to talk Canberra 1, Adelaide United 3. Dylan Holmes has bolstered the Adelaide midfield and returned with a goal. This is good news for good. Adelaide, who Very needed good. reinforcements. I think Adelaide are one of the luck, the teams that are very happy with this Matilda selection because <laughs> their team seems to be getting quite strong and quite happy while the teams just above them, who they're only a little bit behind, have, you know, are just a little bit weaker now. Canberra, for me, have a pretty defined ceiling, but yeah. they are always competitive in games. Exactly. I like that. I like that about them. And Grace Ma, I think, doesn't get much hype, but she's she's always a danger from outside the box and, you know, she can beat players. Uh, so they've got a few uh, threats, but if you can nullify the likes of Ma and obviously, um, you know, Michelle Heyman, I, I'm a little disappointed with what I've seen from Alira Toby so far yeah. this season. I was so excited by her when she was at Brisbane and I, I just don't think she's provided the kind of lively spark that she usually does up front. I mean, Heyman needs help is what I'm saying. They also probably uh, can use Ash Sykes more. She's getting back to full fitness. You know, she came out of retirement, of course. She's still so young for a player coming out of retirement. Uh, but come, coming off the bench a bit more, uh, she will definitely add something and she did score in this game. But I would like to see more from Alira Toby. Um, yeah. Canberra obviously lose Carly Ross back into the Matilda squad, so that's a and blow they, for their defence. And not only just lose her to the Matilda squad, but she's done her loan spell after this, so she oh, doesn't. She okay. does not she come, back. come back. So it's, it's a little bit, you know... It, I like Canberra, and I think they actually could have got something out of this game with Adelaide. Um, but, yeah, their team is, you know, a little bit – the future is a little bit uncertain for them mm-hmm. as we head to the, head on. Well, looking ahead to the games this weekend, Adelaide United-Melbourne City is the pick of the bunch for me. 
Uh, that's Ooh. that's looking like a pretty tasty affair. Western Sydney take on Melbourne victory. Victory very much in need of a in need of a win, in need of a positive result. They've obviously lost uh, Cooney Cross and Nevin to the Matildas camp, but hopefully uh, Chidiak will be will be good to go, uh, at least to come off the bench. And hopefully we see a few more minutes for Alana Murphy as well, who hugely impressed I'm me in her time. I'm a massive park. Alana Murphy fan. Um, maybe I just like seeing young players. Get into the dub and do well, but uh, Victorians as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Victorian uh, bias. Every time she's come on, she's looked lively, and I think they could really use her more. And I'm also very excited for the Melbourne City Adelaide game because they did play earlier in the season, and uh, I want to see how they've balanced out now. Elsewhere, Sydney play Canberra, Wellington face Brisbane Ross. Surely, if you're Brisbane, that has to be three points. Finally, they need those three points. They absolutely are in dire need of it, and the Sunday game. Um, well, the other Sunday game is uh, Newcastle Jets versus Perth Glory. Uh, Jets haven't played in a little while uh, yeah. due to some COVID cases, yeah. so we'll see if that one goes ahead. Uh, but that brings us to the end of Radio Dubs 2022 return. We started 2022 off well. We had a good interview. Mm? I made a great joke. Yep, you roasted me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's been good, Matilda's squad. We've, we've got a good few weeks coming up, though. Matilda's are going to be playing... Mm. The dub is the dub's going to be a little bit interesting as well with some of these players gone as well. And reaching the sort of business end of the season and finals placings and so forth, it's actually a very good time to start following women's football more closely. If you're if you're not on board yet, if you're not on board, I don't know if, what you're doing. I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll sign off for now. <laughs> Radio Dub here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Also, want to extend a big welcome to our new partners, Global Institute of Sport. Head to gis.sport/fnr to find out what they're all about. Football Business Master's Degree starting in February 2022. So uh, it's not long to uh, brush up on uh, on what they offer. It's a unique thing in, to be offered in Australia, a, a business degree that focuses exclusively on football. You're not going to get it anywhere else. So uh, <laughs> GIS, check them out, gis.sport slash FNR. From us, it's goodbye for now. Bye-bye. Pickett, she lays it off, Teresa Polaris! It's an absolute peach! Is driving! What a hit from Melina Rez! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick! Meet him up!